Hello and welcome to Gonzo Film Reviews Podcast, a podcast where we discuss trending movies and games, both past and present. I'm joined here today by my co-host Rango. How are you doing today? Still breathing. Better than not. (laughs) As long as I'm breathing and there's someone to listen to it, I'll keep breathing. That's fair. Well, then, you know, I don't know where else they'll go for their... You know, film news. Other than, <clears throat> you know, there's there's a lot of other podcasts out there, but we we know they're their favorites, of course. So today, um, you, my friend, will be covering uh, Minamata, and I will be covering uh, Detroit: Become Human. Can't wait. Yeah, and I know we. Uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about our new developments for the podcast later on. And um, a lot of exciting things coming up there. Yeah, we have um, absolutely two or three surprises for you. So stick around to hear about them. So first up, um, Detroit become human. I played this game a while ago, but uh, honestly, I've been wanting to play through it again because I had such a good time with it. Um, the game puts you in a position where you get to see a scenario of the future from three different perspectives, and each character's perspective is so vastly different from the other. I mean, you get the side of the law, the uh, runaway, and then the outlaw kind of perspective of things, where one is trying to keep the peace and keep order going, but the other one is a victim of that order. And uh, the third is kind of caught in the in-between where, you know, safety is nearly impossible to find. Uh, it, it brings them all together in a very emotional experience, a very involved story emotionally. Um, You'll really get along with the characters in certain ways. You could choose even not to get along with them. I mean, <laughs> I know um, a lot of characters don't necessarily like you when you start the game just because you play as an android. And essentially, the the setting of Detroit Become Human is androids are a normal part of life now, but they are more there as like supporters. For humanity, androids run people's uh, groceries. You know, androids, you know, bring people their dinner. They they help whether it's around the house or at work. They're they're workers. You know, that sounds like a big source of conflict. It is. It is a massive taking our jobs. Well, that's how a lot of people look at it in the game too. I mean, hell, in the one of the characters you play as gets jumped by a group of group of people like right out the gate pretty much uh, for that same thing. And it's, it's sad to see how realistic it could really be if that was to come across. I mean, but it gives you that like crazy feeling of the moral diversity that they really show in the game. I mean, you could play it any way you really wanted to. Of course, like any game, there is kind of a storyline you follow, but your decisions have so much weight 
and how much they alter where that story goes. And that's one of the things I love the most about the game because, you know, you can uh, make connections with certain characters and that can drastically change the flow of things. Your performance, even outside of dialogue, can change or completely end one character's, you know, uh, storyline. So you have so a massive effect to... on everything that happens, right? Oh, huge. I mean, everything you do has has a cause and effect. But I wanted to ask you, so like, what what do you think of, what are your thoughts whenever the idea of like implementing sentient like androids into everyday life for people? Like, what what is it that you think would come from that? Well, I would say pure terror because we're already bad enough with each other as humans. There's no way we would trust AI. And then here's the problem. Without emotional basis, AI would have no reason for us to be alive if it saw a reason for us not to be. Because uh, when we're building a, a, a skyscraper, we don't stop and think, what if there's anthills over there? <laughs> Yeah. You know, if we're building a building or if we're doing anything, a bridge, a road, whatever, it's goodbye anthill. And we could be those ants and we could be that anthill because AI could just say, wow, this building is very dirty. Um, what's causing the dirt? Um, oh, humans. Um, yeah. yeah, let's get rid of them. <laughs> let's clean this place up. Boom, well, I mean... you're done. They don't think about it. They don't have a, you know, it wouldn't be, it would be tough to to trust AI in any capacity. And it's funny because, I mean, the game really reflects that kind of like, people have those fears and it's very apparent. I mean, there are cases in the game that you'll see where like certain androids are even bought simply to be abused. Mm. Like humans will take frustrations out on androids or you know they're they're treated as slaves or they're treated as criminals just because they were built and exist and you know were made with a purpose of doing a certain job and so there's people, some blade runner elements in there yeah it's it's kind of sad to see from their perspective because you know even as an android they didn't ask to be built and they didn't ask to be purchased, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it really puts you in the shoes of, uh, if an Android suddenly realizes like, you know, what's happening to it isn't right. Then it, you know, goes off and runs away to try to do better for itself. Then all of a sudden people are out to destroy it or reconfigure it because, you know, it wants better for itself. Like that's a, that's a really sad idea. And, it, you know, for any kind of like empathetic person, you'd realize you're going to start feeling, you know, sad for them. And it is very sad, especially because we should see how much we have in common with them. We didn't ask to be born. They didn't ask to be made. We're kind of in the same boat, you know, we're just slightly different. But of course, there's always going to be that distrust issue and, you know, there's going to be a huge rift in the emotional right. difference in the intel uh, intellectual difference between the species, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I mean, the game really highlights the whole people that aren't people thing. Like the the androids, for the most part, and in the game they call the androids that have obtained sentience, like the the ability to think on their own, they call them uh, deviants. You know, the deviants realize, like, you know, they're alive. Like, they can feel things and everything like that, and they should be treated like people yeah and it's honestly really crazy like it's it's almost like playing through a different kind of revolution where you see just how the standards on both sides are somewhat i can't even call it i want to use the word justified but that wouldn't be quite it because after playing the game i can't use that kind of word to describe it Maybe understandable or accessible. Yeah, yeah, understandable, I would say. Like the, as people, you know, we look at things that we create to aid us and assist us and serve their purpose. You know, if my, if my laptop suddenly got up and ran away from me, I'd be like, what the, what the hell? Get back here. You know, a slight issue there. Yeah. Yeah. You would have to sit down and you would have to ask it how it's feeling and what did you do wrong? (laughs) And take it yeah. to therapy. Honestly. Be a whole hassle. So, you know, from from the people's perspective, I get that, like, why they act the way they do to a certain extent. Um, but I also kind of get, like, from the Android's perspective, I mean, they, you know, they're thrown into this world where people hate them just for existing. <clears throat> and it's really sad to see. But, um Throughout the game, just one of the most important elements of the game is while you're going about things and, you know, going through the world and experiencing the story, there are certain pieces of information that you should remember, but you don't, it's not just thrown in your face. You have to look for it and then it'll be important later on, you know? So it really challenges your ability to pay attention to your surroundings and your memory of those surroundings. I would flunk at this game. It's it's a lot more fun than you'd think. I mean, um, <laughs> the the three the three protagonists um, are all so much fun. I think Connor is probably my favorite one to play as. He's the uh, the one that kind of works with the police for the most part. But he's he's just such a cool character. Definitely my favorite one. Um, and it's crazy the character progression you can make with each character. Like, for example, with Connor, you could be the most cold-hearted, evil, you know, I have a job, I'm going to get it done type of android. Like bad cop. Yeah. He glued his own parents, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Like you, there's just so many ways you could go about things, and so many outcomes. And uh, it's the whole game's meant to change the way you look at things and um, challenge you to think differently or experience something emotionally that you didn't think you would. So I tried to go over everything that I wanted to most definitely bring up without spoiling really anything because I really encourage anybody to play the game. It is such a good time. 
Um, especially if you are a fan of certain games like uh, like Naughty Dog games, Walking Dead, stuff like that. If you, yeah, if you yeah, like those games. One? Oh, boy. Uh, actually, that is a good question. I haven't even looked at the game itself in so long. Okay, I'm seeing Quantic Dream developed it. Sony Interactive published it. So was this a PS4 exclusive? I believe it was. Um, okay. There, it is on the 5 now, of course, because of backwards compatibility. And what's even better is it, it was out for a little while before I played it. So thankfully, I had a PlayStation Plus, and it was free for PlayStation Plus for the month that I got it. I mean, it's it's just such a good journey. It's uh, an amazing single-player game. I really just, I highly recommend it to anybody, and so I'm going to give it a solid rating of uh, two thumbs up. If I had more, then I'd give them that too, but I only have the two. Yeah, and to back that up, it um, it had the biggest launch in Quantic Dream history, and it's their <laughs> best-selling game with over 7 million copies. Yeah. I, yeah, that's news to me. I never really heard about this game, but it's, oh, it's it so sounds like a fun. bummer that it flew under the radar. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I I would happily you know, recommend this game to anybody. And what's nice is, I mean, it's been out a little while now. Like It, it released in 2018, so it's on sale pretty much everywhere for like 20 bucks. So this you recommendation will be friendly on people's wallets, given the recent inflation. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, you can get Detroit when you're on your way to spend sixty dollars on gas. Yeah, I was about to say you guys can play Detroit, become human, but you cannot get gas. You cannot go to Detroit City. <laughs> you can't get gas. You can barely go to work. You can't get bananas, but you can play Detroit, become human. So I mean, hey. I see this as an absolute win. Exactly. I see it as an absolute win. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my take on the game without saying anything too important or, you know, giving too many spoilers. Um, it's it's a really fun game for those who love story driven games that they can really take the take the wheel of and steer in a direction they want. There are a very large number of choices you can make throughout the entirety of the game. I don't even think I discovered every scenario that was before I was a completionist, but uh, who knows? Maybe I'll go back and do that. It's kind of like that Netflix black mirror special that came out with all the alternate choices. Yeah. You you never know. I, maybe I'll go back and do that and I'll bring it up in a little side comment. One of these days. But uh, well, uh, so that was my rating for that, <clears throat> and I know you have a lot you want to talk about for uh, Minotama. It looks really good. Uh, I myself, of course, as per the usual for each episode so far, I'm keeping my trend. Uh, I have not watched it myself, but I know you have. You sat down, took your time with it. So I'm happy to hear what you have to say after we get a little word in from our sponsor. Yeah, Minamata was incredible. Um, I played that one over the weekend. It was streaming on Apple TV as of April 8th. And I've waited two or three years to see this film. It's been 
bottled up and shoved around and sold off to different film distributors. So it's it's been a long road coming. Well, I mean, it. I watched the trailer, and it, it does look really interesting. I mean, the fact that this is kind of based on a thing that happened makes it all yeah. the more interesting. And the uh, the reality of the filmmaking of this, <clears throat> I just always love it whenever there's a story that's kind of already been told but is able to be retold for a newer audience. It really keeps them keeps them aware of uh, the history of the world. As with all scandals like this, it's always good if you can have a film about it because the entire point of the of W. Eugene Smith's involvement was to bring awareness to the issue. And so when with, you can have a film about a real event, the real events that happened and real tragedies that occurred, then you're bringing attention to the disease and to the event and the company that did it in the right. same way that uh, the original events unfolded. So it's well, always good to be able to which, do that with film instead of just having nothing but mindless blockbusters. So what for, for everybody who doesn't know Minamata is um, what it's about, everything like that for our audience that, you know, is here to listen anyway, to hopefully learn and check it out for themselves. What what is Minamata? Give us a a summary of what it's about. I'm going to start with the disease itself. So Minamata disease is neurological and it's caused by severe mercury poisoning. And a lot of the symptoms include numbness of the hands and feet, muscle weakness, loss of vision, hearing and speech, and extreme cases you have insanity. And paralysis, coma, and death, and um, it can cause fetuses in the womb to be affected, and it can cause cerebral palsy. It's just, it's a whole lot of bad news. And so the film follows Life magazine in the early 70s. It was going into huge decline because the invention of TV in the 50s just ruined people's interest in things like cinema and um, newspapers and magazines. Yeah. So life was on the downtrend. They were full of ads and nobody was reading. And the embattled photographer, W. Eugene Smith, and he's, um, when asked what the W means, he said it stands for wonderful. So (laughs) wonderful Eugene Smith was um, kind of in the dumps. He's in the film. He's suffering from severe PTSD from his days as a war photographer during World War II. So he's he's not in a great place. I could only imagine. And so when a Japanese woman comes to him and she asks him to come to minute to look at the situation going on in Japan. And to take photographs, he, he gets sent by Life magazine. And he actually, he starts doing it. He starts teaching um, citizens in the local community how to use his cameras and how to develop film. And he spends time with their families of all the people that are just suffering from this horrible disease. And 
all the people that are terrified for their children because their entire food source, almost their entire food source is uh, the fishing that they do. Right. But what the company was doing was dumping waste into the water and they were dumping mercury and they were poisoning the water and then the fish became poison and then the people ate the fish and then they got poison. Sheesh. And it wasn't just people. It it was cats, dogs, pigs. Well, so like human deaths. Almost like the sabotage of of one's own country, huh? Yeah, and Japan has always been incredibly I don't even know what the word is, resistant to the idea of admitting fault and giving the victims the full compensation and protection that they deserve. I mean, because it's the crazy. big business always has the upper hand in these situations. Absolutely. Well, I mean, they have the 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 backbone and the funds and the the power to <laughs> to kind yeah. of make it all go bye bye. But they tried I'm to bribe to imagine Smith to the, uh, stop taking photographs of it. Of trying to of his job to like try to be there and witness all this and like be there for these people. I mean, you have to imagine the number of people he had to help. And yeah, there was a lot of pressure of. on him. I mean, I I couldn't handle that kind of pressure myself. I I figured whenever I was in, you know, back in high school, I figured I was going to be a photographer, but if you know, the magazine I worked for told me I was going to have to ship out to Japan to interview all these people and figure out what was going on. If I had that much responsibility on my shoulders, I'd probably crumble. He almost did. <laughs> he called back home when his shack got burnt down. The company burnt his shack down to try and prevent the evidence oh. from coming to light. Uh, they jumped him. They uh, bribed. They attempted to bribe him. They just uh, they did everything they could to shut up all the that protesters. With, alongside him. is already their PTSD that had to have been horrible. Exactly. It's just it was a messy situation, and it it was it was very wild. And so, I'm talking a lot about the historical events but the film itself it it was it was shot in a way that didn't want to distract from what was going on but it was still very beautiful um it was directed yeah. by andrew levitas and it was produced by um johnny depp's production company infinitum nihil or nihil oh. and it's it's tough to watch sometimes it's tough to see the people in these conditions but it's very um, heartening to see how much of a fight he put up for them and how much of a fight they put up for future generations of so, their um, local citizens. So you think it like accurately, at least closely captured like the tragedy of the events there? Yeah, it seems to be very based on the facts of the case. It, it's very biographical in a sense. It seems to be told from his point of view. So everything he 
all of his pictures, a lot of his pictures were used in the film, the ones he actually took for Life magazine. Wow. And so they used the real photographs and they used his wife's evidence because he married the girl that brought him, brought this to his attention. Oh, wow. So he was married to her from 1971 until he died in 1979. That's crazy. And to this day, she's still fighting for justice for the victims of anyone affected by this. So, yeah, he was... um, They met under that kind of circumstance. Yeah. So, I guess you kind of already gave me a, a basic answer for the for the question I had, but so as amazing as he is, you know, on the screen, did you feel that Depp accurately, you know, captured his character well? Yeah, and he always goes headfirst into his characters and he never tries to well he he said many times he never does the method acting thing uh he finds it pretty masturbatory and self important yeah. it's but he every time he does take on a role he takes it on with um full diligence and he he really shown in this one and he is not someone who is a stranger to his own kind of trauma and his own issues. So it's very evident that he can completely convincingly portray someone who has been unfairly treated, uh, who's Uh been attacked and who's been cast as someone that he's not. So it was, it seemed to be kind of uh, cathartic for him, but he did an amazing job, and every time he plays a character in a, in a serious movie, a serious drama, he is so emotionally accessible. Because when there's a scene where he he gets drunk and he's um, he's fed up, he's had it, so he he gives a young boy one of his cameras, and he says, "You," know, he starts saying things like, "You know what? Take it. I don't I don't want it anymore. I'm done." <laughs> I've had it <laughs> because um, W. Eugene Smith believed that when you take a, a photograph, you're taking a piece of the subject's soul. That's a quote from uh, Native American proverb, like folklore. Yeah. And then he said, he took it a step further. He said, it also takes a bit of your own soul. So, don't treat it like a game. Take it seriously. He treats photography as the most serious thing that a person could do. And it's not something that should be taken lightly or misused. Right. And that's just a sign of a, a very strong mind and a strong will because there's so many yellow journalists out there who like to manipulate pictures photographs they like to manipulate um, headlines and manipulate people and he understood the power of the image and the written word so he never wanted to propagandize anything that he put out and Depp accessed that so perfectly and displayed it on screen well that's honestly 
kind of really nice to hear all things. I mean, if you look at Depp's life itself, I mean, he has a lot of connections with with those kind of settings in uh, talking about the manipulation aspect of things. And I am sure it's it was very good for him to kind of explore more of those kind of feelings. Yeah, instead of bottling them. Yeah. So I, I'm getting kind of the feeling that the film style of it is kind of bordering on more of like the... Uh, Kind of like a, a grittier film style? Not really. It's more of... It kind of feels like the development of a photograph. In a way. Because it starts in the red light. And he's in his he's in his room. His red room. Developing photos. And it kind of... Be- the picture becomes clearer and clearer as you go on throughout the whole thing and in much in the way that a, a photograph develops and there are a lot of things you need to do personally well the, at least that he did to develop it he would press his hand onto it when he was in the, when it was in the water and things like that he would uh-huh. um yeah he would develop them by hand and this movie f- definitely feels like a photograph that someone is is holding in their hand and seeing what's happening for themselves. It's kind of like if you're reading the mag- Life magazine, the issue that came out, because it's a slightly shakier camera using a lot of scenes, especially the riot scene. Uh-huh. And it just kind of gives you this feeling of, you know, unease, but at the same time, not chaotic unease. It's more of a, you know the hand of the person looking at this photograph is trembling. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of what the camera felt like. It felt like someone's hand was trembling while they were holding the photograph that was displaying all of these events happening huh. and they developed more and more as he went on. I think it felt more like that. It wasn't really, you know, super dark or gritty or um, hopeless. There was a lot of optimism. There was a lot of fighting back and there was a lot of love and community in, involved in this and there was a lot of human nature that was explored and the resilience of the people that were infected and how hard they wanted to fight for the people for the kids who hadn't yet been inf- infected uh-huh. and they were terrified that they would be wow okay um, so you kind of also answered my next question in that answer <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> about uh no no i it's fine honestly i i kind of enjoy it better that way i get more of like a uh, a raw response um as to like how you felt about the uh how you felt about it while you were watching it and i kind of took your answer as the you know you felt like you were the person holding the photograph yeah um so would you recommend this to what audience? Yeah, I would definitely recommend this to any adult audience. Um, 
and you can bring your kids in with some disc- discretion if if they are not too sensitive to tragedy and seeing things that are very uncomfortable and seeing bad things happen to people it it's all it's at your discretion obviously but anyone anyone who can i definitely suggest watching this and i would suggest looking to see if there's any ways that you could help as well is there anything any cause you can donate to uh, there are still victims of this poisoning to this day and it has not been fully resolved and not not all of the victims have gotten their due compensation either which is a tragedy in its own and i also think that this film creates a very good sense of what people should do to keep big businesses and big governments and just corruption in general at bay you know never take it silently Never take it calmly and always think about who you're leaving, your house, um, your town, your state, your country, right. your your planet, who you're leaving it to, <laughs> and what condition are they going to get it in. Well, <laughs> the condition, it seems to just kind of be worsening. We love to put things off for the next generation to figure out. <laughs> we do. And we love to lower the <laughs> education standards on an annual basis so that that generation is dumber and less equipped to deal with it anyway. So we're on a great course, I think. We're, <laughs> well, we're about I think done. We're heading in the right direction, I think. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Recipe uh, for success so, right there. So give me your uh, give me your rating for this. How would you rate it? Two thumbs up, I would say one for style and one for accuracy. And it's overall, it's amazing. It's definitely not a B movie. It's it's just one of the greatest independent films ever made, uh, in my opinion. And the fact that this did not sweep the awards season speaks volumes about what their priorities are and who they are in the Academy right now because... I think this was four times the movie that any other that they brought up there. Huh. And um, if you really care about things, if you like to lecture people from a high horse um, in a $50,000 gown on a $5 million stage, maybe you should play something that you know we should be lectured about, something <laughs> that we could learn learn from. Instead of, you know, a a Disney Pixar movie. Right. Well, I mean, huh, thank you for that. Anyway, I I mean, honestly, I wasn't too sure about checking it out myself, but I honestly might. It it does sound like a, uh, a theatrical journey that, you could really uh, be enlightened from in one way or another. Yeah. And it shares a fairly important message, both about the world's history and where it's led us today. It's incredibly timely and for multiple reasons. 
there's the big business, there's the poisoning, there's um, the condition that we keep our planet in and how we treat it, our reliance on things that are not very good for our planet that are too convenient to give up at this point. And there's, there's other aspects too. There's the smaller aspects like personal lives. Um, there's justice for Johnny Depp. There's, there's all sorts of things baked into it and it's, it's amazing. And it got, it's got, it got its due diligence in for finally after years. Um, and, yeah, it should be seen by as many people as possible. It should be discussed. It's a great movie, and it's very important and timely one. And yeah, there's there's not much you could not enjoy about it. All right. Well, hopefully our you know our audience, whoever's listening, will take heed of both of our ratings and maybe see for themselves whether they like Detroit or uh, Minamata and check them both out and maybe even reach out on either of our Twitters. They can check us out and let us know what they thought. I mean, we're, we're both there regularly. We have our notifications on. So, you know, if anybody ever wanted to share their thoughts or feelings with either thing we've reviewed, they are, you know, more than welcome to We're we're there for you guys for your entertainment and uh, to let you know what we think about these things. Yeah. You can usually uh, find me on anything. Um, I use the same name for it all. It's always gone to <laughs> film reviews. So you, you can find me around, um, yeah. especially on Twitter. I have everything linked together into that account. So, which is actually branching into the exciting new things I was going to talk about today. Yes. Yes. Recently, um, I created a Patreon page called Gonzo Film Reviews. Shocker. You can find <laughs> us on there as well. Um, and we, we're offering a lot of exciting things for different tiers if you do want to become a patron. We already have a $5 patron. And we have three tiers. We have the 5 the 10 and the 20 Which and to the, you out there, thank you very much for your support. We always appreciate it. And Hopefully our, um, make something out of this. Yeah, it would allow us <laughs> eventually to create opportunities. Yeah, a lot of professional content, especially video. We can make a lot of great videos and launch a YouTube channel if this if this picks up and does well. Right. And so the tiers that we have, um, the best one, like the the best value, is the twenty dollar tier because. You get a ton of extra benefits with that one. A lot. And chief among them, I would say, there there are a lot of special benefits to joining the $20 one. That's the legendary status. You get a monthly Ask Me Anythings on Patreon. Um, you get entire bonus episodes. So if one of or both of us just wanted to kick back and talk about something you know, if you can believe it, on an even more relaxed manner. <laughs> you know, we just want to sit around and uh, kick some stones, have some fun. Um, that We would have those bonus episodes on there and ad-free episodes. So if you don't want to hear a shilling for Anchor, we love Anchor, but if you don't want to hear that, that will be on our Patreon for subscribers there. 
you'll have early access to episodes, behind-the-scenes content, like bloopers, uh, fan requests, so you guys can actually influence our episodes. What we review. Yeah, you can ask us what to review. You can ask us um, structure. You can ask us for more of the philosophy section if we ever you know, seem to neglect it for any reason. If you guys liked it, if you didn't like it, you know, maybe we can retool the second half of our episodes into something, something new, um, like messages from fans to read out or something. And you get exclusive voting power in that regard. And then I think the biggest thing is for the, for this one, when you become a Gonzo legend, you get an exclusive mug with our Gonzo reviews logo on it. And you get the chance to join the show. So, one of our $20 patrons any given month, once a month is entered for a drawing and you could join one of our actual podcasts. So that could be really fun, which that'd be awesome. And then, yeah. And then the other two tiers, um, we have the $5 one that gives you behind the scenes content like bloopers and outtakes and hints about future guests we're going to have on. And which then the $10 me, there's a lot of bloopers. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot and of bloopers. The, the middle one is the 10 per month. You get bonus. Ep- ec- hmm. Yeah. There's one, one right there. There's a blooper right there. You get <laughs> bonus episodes, early access to episodes and ad free. And then a bunch of um, fun tidbits. And right now, if you become a patron, there's a special offer until April 23rd. You will receive a personal shout out on our actual podcast. So each and every one of our patrons, they get a personal shout out at the end of every every episode we do. So we appreciate all of you so much. We really and, do. Um, you know, it's well, you know this this could lead into the possibility for us to expand, aggressive, engage in aggressive expansion and upgrading of uh, what we deliver to you guys. And you know, it's it would just make everything. You know, a lot of fun. Probably a lot more clean as well. We could probably, I mean, you know, we could maybe, with enough funding, we can finally get ourselves out of this rundown wooden shack we're recording out of and move into an actual, you know, building. Yeah, beautiful studio. Yeah, who knows? And we can give you guys all sorts of audio and video content to your heart's desire. So that was the first thing I had to go over. Uh, the next thing is we actually also have launched a website. It's gonzofilmpodcast.com. So you can find summaries of every episode we do in there. You can find the links to our, our show on different platforms like Spotify and Apple and Amazon. And there we have the link for the Patreon up in there as well. We have the Twitter link on there. It's and- nice. Everything all in one place. Yeah, and then keep keep posted to that site because um, we'll be doing some articles there and some written reviews of things that we don't cover in um, podcast episodes. And we can also do engaging materials for the fans there and some shout-outs and whatever else we we come up with. So we do have a website now, so we are official. We're real. Yes, we are. We're moving up. We're getting there. Moving up in Gotta the world, start yeah. Somewhere, yeah, somewhat like something like that. Eventually, I mean, we we owe it to those who are actually listening to us. You know, each week, um, you know, they kind of 
help us to know that we're not doing this for nothing and that there are some people who actually are willing to take the time and listen to us uh, ramble on. Yeah, every <laughs> ramble listener on makes us worth it. What we think we know. Um, which hopefully, you know, us spouting our thoughts will help somebody find something that they enjoy and, you know, they can share that joy with someone else. Yeah, my ultimate goal here is to build a community of people who can just talk about these things, um, just have some fun. Absolutely. Um, Like the fact that, oh, yeah, this is the the useless fact that you didn't ask for, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Um, So U.S. dollars are actually more valuable than the dollar in New Zealand. So by how much take like well if you take like a hundred US dollars in New Zealand that'll be about a hundred and forty-five. Mm. So rob a bank. So what you're saying is go to New Zealand. That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> uh I've always wanted to live there and I still do want to live there and I will stop at nothing to I mean move it seems to... like just uh, an amazing place to go to at least to to tour and visit and honestly i i wouldn't be mad about living there hey, let me read you just a few basic facts about them <laughs> they are the most chill country ever we're um, adding the tourism aspect to the podcast <laughs> yeah they're more polite than canadians and canadians are insultingly polite so that's amazing. <laughs> There's only 5 million. Their population is 5 million. What is that, like half of New York? A quarter of New York? Oh, who knows? <laughs> I th- isn't there like 9 million in New York or some obscene number like that? I couldn't tell. Well, I can, I can check. I can check. <laughs> we are going to look at this. Let's see. Uh... Oh my lord. Uh eight point four. Eight point four million in two thousand nineteen was recorded. I'm reading something different. In twenty twenty two it says the metro area population in New York City in twenty twenty was eighteen point eight oh four million. Oh yeah. Well, a couple years difference, but that's kind of crazy. Oh, I see. New York State is what you're looking at. I'm looking at New York City. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Like New York City, New York. Yeah, New York York State has 19.45 million recorded. Good Lord. Yeah. And so New Zealand has 5 million people total. That's just insane. And they were voted number one in worldwide safety. Number one in, you know, best place to be. <laughs> they don't have a huge political rift and, and murder all dissenters like, you know, our country does. They have, and I quote from their website, an emphasis and an enjoyment of relaxed and friendly philosophical political debate (laughs) (laughs) 
literally a paradise for me. Like I can yeah, actually just like... walk into the city and, you know, vote for a candidate and just talk with people like a civilized man about what I believe <laughs> and don't believe and why I, you know, and then shake hands with them and hug them and <laughs> go about our our day enjoying nature. Like, yes, please. Yeah, man. Sounds like you'd fit right in. Lord, I mean, imagine reading Socrates to people on a hilltop in New Zealand. You're basically, I'll look like Gandalf. I could <laughs> become Gandalf. They don't Gandalf. read it to you first. They probably would, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's why they film Lord of the Rings there. They probably have actual hobbits the punch, there. Dude. You never know. I'm going to search high and low for hobbits in the Shire because I know they film in the Lord Shire. The they do have the Shire still up, though. They have that set. I wonder if short people actually live there. That's so cool. I would love to like rent that as a B and B. Oh yeah, and like Bilbo Shire. That would be so cool. I want a hobbit hole so bad. Oh, I'll dig that one. Would be so cool. Absolutely. I don't. You mind know how many down. more years? That we would probably live. Like men die in their fifties and sixties. You know, we'd probably make it to at least eighty if we were in a good Maybe. environment like that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, oh man. All right. Well. Um, is there anything else you would like to cover for our little philosophy section? Any other Socrates? Anything else you'd like to add? advice advice um i actually do have a little bit of advice okay go for it i have a book recommendation oh this book is absolutely hilarious um it's probably not very well known so there's a there's a comedic there's a comedy called the man who dared it's written by john p ritter and let me look and see what year this is from. Do, do, do. This is this was written in, or at least this was published in 1899. Wow! It, it, is, it says copyright 1899, so um, you know whatever the hell that means. <laughs> I don't remember if that <laughs> means that's when it was um, when he just claimed it, or if that if that's when it was actually published. But mm. it's it's an old book, and it's it's one of the funniest things I've ever read. I I love it. It's very old, but it's so charming and quaint. Yeah, uh, the the current book I'm on is the Tomorrow War. <laughs> oh, that was that was a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm still reading it. My uh, my girlfriend got it for me. And here's a short line from this book. He is known as Simon the Jailer. <laughs> I can tell you nothing further. I can t- I can tell you nothing further. That is a direct quote from the book. Because um, a cop showed up and said, is this the man we are to arrest? And then an onlooker said, he is known as Simon the Jailer. I can tell you nothing further. <laughs> Why did you sound I mean, like he had a side quest he needed you to do before he could tell you the rest? <laughs> yeah, go get me these berries and give them to he the tree. He sounds like a fetch quest guy. Yeah. He definitely sounds like a fetch quest. 
Oh, and I have to shout out our first ever patron. We have one $5 patron, so thank you, Callis Jams. Thank shout you out. very much for your contribution to our cause. We'll figure out what to do with it very shortly. Yeah, and uh, keep posted on Patreon, so you will get a bunch of exclusive tidbits and posts that only you can access right now. Uh, the bloopers are going to be some fun for you guys. Oh, yeah, mostly bloopers, but you might see other things. No, what am I saying? We're we're obviously perfect. As <laughs> this is all one ever... take, folks. Yeah, to say as if we could ever do anything wrong, it would be a first for me. <laughs> no, no, not not post edit anyway. Yeah, I've There's never stripped up and edit. called uh, Mozart Wolfgart. That's never happened to me. <laughs> Oh boy, that's okay. I'm pretty sure in this episode I called um, Minamata Minatama again. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in now that you mentioned it. I was, <laughs> was going to say... cut it to be nice to you, but you brought I'm attention to it. I'm pretty sure I did that. I caught myself on it right after it. I was silently, you know, kicking myself. <laughs> well, that gold nugget's staying in now. That's all right. We'll let them have this one. Yeah, it's for the kids. We'll let them. <laughs> it's for the kids. Yeah, <laughs> save the children. <laughs> oh man! All righty. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, thank you all for listening. This has been the Gonzo Reviews podcast. Uh, you can find us both on Twitter. Um, Rango here is at Reviews Gonzo, and I am at Cloud Twelve Seventy One. Uh, If you guys enjoyed this podcast, make sure you save us to your podcast list or follow us so that you're notified when our next weekly episode is posted. Um, It should be every Thursday we have a podcast episode out. So we'll see you guys Thursday and enjoy your week. Yep. And if you you love what you're hearing, make sure to hit our Patreon, see if there's a subscriber tier that you're interested in. And if it's it's not for you, send me a message on there and Give me some feedback about how I can change those tiers or add some new ones, and I'd be happy to accommodate you because um, yeah. you guys are the ones accommodating us. So I appreciate yeah. it. Any and all support and feedback is much appreciated. Yeah, because we love absolutely every one of you. And um, thanks so much, and we look forward to next time.